0: what we consume ahoy ahoy and welcome to what we consume a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies i'm your host king hag the and with me as always is it's me kevin
1: it's cold out there ladies gentlemen and other binary people so make sure you stay warm and don't freeze to death it's gonna get real cold don't get the frostbite in the toes
2: what about the non-binary people
1: i was just including everyone
2: you you only said binary you didn't say non-binary what about that
1: did i say it wrong yeah oh i meant (laughs) (laughs) non-binary
0: and we're once again joined by our good friend michael
2: Uh, i am here and my dogs are deciding to bark right now so this is a good time
0: to want to shoot my foot but i'm here yeah and we are on to our third and final episode of the Dutch East India Company. Where we left off, the Bandanese of the island of Ai had successfully repelled the attack of the Dutch with the help of English training and weaponry. Jan Pieterzoon Cohn was, of course, furious. So we ended the last episode with part of his letter about the incident and the lack of support he was getting from back in the Netherlands. Uh, The following year, the Dutch prepared to attack the island of I again. This time, Cohn sent a letter to the English beforehand warning them that, quote, if any slaughter of men happened, they, as in the Dutch, would not be culpable.
2: Lovely. So every time someone's asked me what we're doing our episodes on lately, I keep, I can never remember its Dutch East India Company. I keep thinking it's like some other country. I can only remember the the British one or English one or whatever it is. I'm like, what the fuck is the other one? (laughs)
0: Yeah. uh, These are the main two.
1: I'm ashamed of the podcast, so I don't tell anybody what we're doing. Just playing. Just playing. There's just nobody around me that I care about.
0: So the English were thoroughly spooked by this threat and quickly abandoned both the island and its people to their fate at the hands of the Dutch. The Dutch attack I. Without the backup of the English, the Islanders were quickly forced to yield and sign an agreement with the Dutch for exclusive rights to the nutmeg trade. Why do they attack you? Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Haha. Funny. Yeah. Uh, Cone wrote another letter to his superiors, quote, If by night and by day proud thieves broke into your house who were not ashamed of any robbery or other offense... How would you defend your property against them without having recourse to maltreatment? This is what the English are doing against you in the Moluccas. Uh, consequently, we are surprised to receive instructions not to do them bodily harm. If the English have this privilege above all other nations, it must be nice to be an Englishman.
1: Yeah, it was real nice to be an Englishman back then, and then all the time.
0: Yeah, it ruled He's, the world. He's mad that, like, the English are kind of getting special treatment from his own government. Like, he's just like, we should be destroying these people because they're interfering with our trade. And they're like, yeah, but come on. He's just a jelly man that has a little,
1: has a big ego, but has a little other thing. And
0: he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, back in Europe, England and the Dutch were... Mostly at peace, but in Asia, these companies waged wars and raised armies to fight each other. Uh, slowly, Cone wore them down, uh, the Hireen 17 down, until they came around to his side to an extent. The next year, 1617, the Hireen 17 was sick of Lorenz Riel, uh, the temporary governor general after the death of Gerard Ringst, and who bound again, bound wrote the book uh, Mercent, uh, Merchant Kings... Uh, it's one of the sources I used on this. Uh, he labeled him a dandy. <laughs> what kind of slur uh, ba- is that back then? It, it basically just means he's a like fancy boy who's not who who's not like a gritty. You know, he's he's not built for this kind of stuff. He's a gentleman. Yes, his hands. Is, are it, soft. is it
1: like he's a dandelion and his he's so. He gets rolled up so easy that he can. Oh my gosh! I had it in my head. I was. Gonna... It's something you know because you can blow on it and then it falls apart really easy, and his ego falls apart really easy or something.
0: Sure. Yeah, he's just he's he's not really good at this. He's he's kind of. Um spoiled in a way like he wants to just like be given money to do very little he doesn't want to actually have to do hard work he's got soft hands most likely so they found him incapable of fulfilling the needs of the company and rael uh felt that he was underappreciated and more importantly underpaid so he either got fired or quit i'm not sure exactly but he parted ways with the company With that vacancy open, uh, Cohn became the fourth governor general of the VOC. He was the first governor general to have risen through the ranks instead of just being hired because they were an admiral or, like, connected or whatever. Right. He
1: worked uh, hard.
0: What? He worked hard.
1: You know how you're really supposed to do it? The American dream. If you work hard and you stay committed for at least 10 years, you get a plaque, it's got a plastic stand, and you are appreciated and promoted.
0: And a gift card for roughly $70. Yeah, I love my life. (laughs) Um, So uh, this would quickly become the standard. So the company started only hiring their governor general's internally so like it'd have to be someone who like actually worked their way up uh at this point he was 31 years old he uh he received his first you
1: achieved more than he did already
2: good job kevin you're not helping my mental instability right now
0: he received his first orders as governor general from europe that said quote Something on a large scale must be done against the enemies. The inhabitants of Banda must be killed or driven off the land, and if necessary, the country should be turned into a desert by uprooting the trees and shrubs. Cone was too, all too happy to oblige.
1: Guys, remember, it's just really hard to move up swift and fastly. If you have any type of conscience for other people... So like if you care about anyone, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer. If you don't care about them and you can stomp them and destroy their will to live to boost you up, then you'll you'll get promoted quicker. Just remember that.
2: Yeah, maybe if I murder a few people I'll become CEO of the company I work for. You
0: just got to make sure it's the right people. In game, by the way. Not this this is a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> So the Dutch had a trading post at Bantam, uh, and so did the English. The Sultan of Bantam had permitted both of them to build there, but the Sultan was still technically in control. They just were allowed to have a facility there. Right. And while they waged war on the high seas in towns, they would often result in street fights, like representatives of the English East India Company fighting representatives of the Dutch East India Company. Just, you know, drunken brawls or just, like... Any old reason, really. They would just like start swinging. Cone wrote another letter quote, One day they threaten to sail to Banda in force and to take revenge, and the next day they say they will attack our, our ships at sea. They expect to get even with reprisals in the channel back home, and they are going to break our heads. Daily they come up with new threats, which clearly shows that they are quite confused. So essentially you're saying that, like, they're frustrating them quite a bit because they, like, the the Dutch are frustrating the English by outmaneuvering them and, like, the English mostly only have empty threats, which is why they should strike them hard. Oh no, they're saying mean and hateful things and
2: threatening to fuck my mom. I don't want that.
1: Well, the the English were probably out there just having fun shooting their cannons willy nilly, and then all of a sudden they have a uh, this hard guy coming in there doing maneuvers, slide canceling, sweating his balls off, you know, jiggle peeking real quick, and doing all this other stuff, and uh, they're he's, like, they're well, just bro, getting, who he's invited this by guy?
0: Shotguns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cone also just hated Bantam, like he he didn't like how there was too many people too much like for the time pollution in the air so it was just like gross and like sweaty and filled with disease so when the sultan demanded he and the english stop fighting Cone uprooted his headquarters and moved it 80 kilometers east to what was at the time called, called Jakarta modern day Jakarta basically there the prince Wajaya uh, Krama claimed to be an independent ruler, but was in fact in in league with Bantam. Like, he was technically just, like, one of the princes. So, like, he liked to call himself independent, but he wasn't. Wajaya allowed both the Dutch and the English to build f- uh, factories there, but did not let either of them fortify them into strongholds. He was like, yeah, you can have factories, but they're to be factories they're, they're here to for
2: influence. their purpose not to be shitlicks.
0: yeah that was until sultan agung of uh mataram started gathering strength and what they expected uh was an ambition to capture the whole island of java because this is a pretty big island so like there's multiple factions fighting over it and agung's acquiring strength and it looks like he's going to make a push to like capture the entire thing. Um, uh, because of this, uh, the Prince allowed the Dutch to fortify their facility. And in August 1618, Sultan Agung attacked the Dutch factory at Japara. Yeah. So, um, which was like their biggest city. Um, like, like it's a city that the Sultan controls, but, the Dutch had, like, one of their biggest factories there. Okay. So now they're like, well, shit, we, we got to get out of this place and we got to, like, fortify the rest of our stuff or he's just going to steamrolls. Uh, so now Cohn feared that uh, Mataram and Bantam had formed some sort of pact to keep the Dutch from gaining too much ground. <clears throat> and then a large English fleet under the command of Thomas Dale arrived, quote, to revenge the abuses received from the Dutch to seek trade in the uh, Moluccas and not be put by with threats from the Dutch. The English fleet consisted of 15 ships while the Dutch only had about seven at the time. On January 2nd, uh, 1619, the two fleets engaged in battle. Uh, this is from Merchant Kings, quote, they lined up in a battle formation in front of Jakatra and slid past each other in a cruel bloody fight. All shipping in the Indonesian port stopped as thousands of cannons roared, acrid smoke clouded the air, and hundreds of men were torn open by shards of splintered wood, mangled by flying grape shot, and picked off by sharpshooters in the rigging. Who's, so the English had Huh I was saying, who's doing the shooting here again? Uh th- this is the English and the Dutch com- oh, fighting against, in at each other. Yeah, they're like off the coast. I'm not sure if it's like kind of like an inlet um but it's like big enough that they can like maneuver around each other with full fleets um and they're just going at it with each other and the english had a massive advantage having you know twice as many ships as the two sides disengaged for the night cone knew they could not win uh he gave the men at the factory the order to defend it to the death and then he and his ship sailed off to lick their wounds
1: what a dick he was like, hey, you guys are going to die, but uh, I- I'm going to leave. Could have taken him with him.
2: You can't abandon your facilities just like that.
0: Yeah, and and also because like he had been allowed to fortify, this, this place was pretty secured, so they'd be able to hold out for a while. Hopefully. This was also Cone's first defeat, and obviously he hated it. So he sailed to the Malukas to resupply and gather his forces, and he wrote another letter. He likes to write now, some letters. He, he, he lo- sure he's does. Just
1: a, he's a letter writer. This is, he, he would be a Twitter warrior or an ex-warrior.
0: Yeah, the difference being he actually backs it up. <laughs> Quote, And now see what has happened. I swear that no enemies do our cause more harm than the ignorance and stupidity existing among you gentlemen. These are his bosses. (laughs) Like, can you imagine, like, getting away with saying this kind of shit to your boss?
2: No. I'd probably get told to leave. Hand in your badge. Go home. Don't come back. Leave your plaque. For
1: some people, it would feel really nice to get some stuff like that off their chest.
0: Oh, yeah. So, Dale then went after the depot. Uh, Dale's the English fleet commander. But he didn't have the structure of the Dutch East India Company, instead relying on persuasion to keep his ships under his command. Uh, But each English captain was responsible for his own ship's profits and losses, and many of them quickly gave up on the well-fortified factory to focus on trade and their own personal affairs. So they just all kind of drift off. Uh, without the commanding presence of a united fleet, Dale failed to hunt down Cone, he bungled the assault on the Dutch factory, and eventually Dale sailed off to India where he died of disease several months later. That damn disease. <laughs> there's there's plenty of them. The English that remained and the uh, Jakatra Prince both wanted the Dutch factory for themselves, as well as the Bantam Sultanate who used his forces to keep both the English and Prince from being able to take it. So they're all basically just surrounded this thing, but not, like they're all like side-eyeing each other while they're um, wanting to like, get into this fort, so none of them are able to take it, because if anyone tries, then one of the other groups attacks them instead of the fort, so they, like, they have to back off. The Dutch that were stuck inside were unable to submit to one entity without being attacked by another, so they spent time defending the wall, praying for hours, and having orgies with wine and women at night. Hell Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: what a, having held what off a any what what what, what a tom they they yeah. must have been happy i mean i guess if you're like hey we're probably about to die let's just go wild
0: yeah, got, yeah, you know you might as well they got that so having fort, held off any assault huh well, so they got that fort loaded with blackjack and hookers yep Having held off any assault for months in May of 1619, they cast a vote and named the facility Fort Batavia after the Batavi tribe that had lived in Holland during Roman times. And at the time, it was uh, pretty, pretty prominent thought that, like, the Batavi were the ancestors of the Dutch people. In reality, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's why they named it Batavia. So, like... For three months, I think, they they held off any siege before they named the place, and then in May, uh, Cone sailed back into Jakatra, ready to fuck up anyone. Like, he didn't really care who, he was just like, let's see, oh, it's my entire shit list, let's do this. He marched 1,000 fresh troops into the fortress and on May 28th ordered them to attack. The local prince was stunned at the sudden ferocity and fled with what remained of his troops into the wilderness cone took de- cone took the town burned it to the ground and in it, in its ashes built a new dutch style town complete with canals I'm why the dutch like why
1: do like, dutch people or why do the dutch and that part of europe like canals so much
0: because they're technically under uh sea level like only by like a meter but like these canals like are able to regulate what uh what places get flooded? What places don't? Uh, how water gets used? And in in uh, the Netherlands, like because of the way it's set up, uh, because of like how the Earth works in that region, basically those canals get like flushed out, and like new water comes in and gets flushed out. So like it's constantly uh, changing water, so it stays relatively clean, because Batavia is not the same like it's not at the same depth or whatever um it doesn't get completely washed out so oftentimes it's just like stagnant canals like just stagnant pools of water that gets more and more sewage more and more pollution etc yucky yeah it gets pretty gross but still they they took Dutch architecture, Dutch uh, canals, like, they tried to make it as Dutchified as possible for being on a tropical island. Right. Cone wanted to rename the uh, town New Horn after his hometown, but the Horeen 17 wasn't having it and went with the name of the fort, calling the town Batavia. Cone was furious and refused to call it that for as long as he could, like, for a couple of months, but... Finally, he's just like, fine, it's Batavia.
2: Whatever. I wish What's-His-Dick would finally give up on the name X,
0: but st- I think <laughs> yeah. we're stuck with that one. But the, but the thing is, like, part of the reason they wanted to style it after a Dutch town is so that, like, Dutch people would be more interested in moving there. Um, right. You know, like, it, or at least, like, stopping there uh, while doing their trading. But uh, for a lot of reasons people didn't want to live there uh particularly europeans didn't want to stay there they wanted to like do their trade and get the fuck back to regular dutch or sorry regular netherlands because <laughs> you know this may look like a dutch town but it's still in the fucking jungle so there's tigers crocodiles snakes and a shit ton of mosquitoes yeah it's in the, Any way, it's in the... lions or bears
1: it's in the middle of fucking um, nowhere when next to none of their like regular civilization that they've been part of for their entire
0: lives yeah and because it's the tropics like and because there's just a shit ton of mosquitoes there's also like a lot of disease and because the canals don't drain the way they do in the actual netherlands there's a lot of stagnant water Full meaning of more mosquitoes you know yeah and more diseases um, so eventually, like the hospital um, became known as a uh, die mordkuul, uh, which um, I've heard it translated a couple of different ways. I think the most direct translation is the mur- the murder pit, uh, but I've also heard it called the death pit or um, the grave hole. Basically, like you didn't like sick people didn't go there to heal like healthy people went there to die (laughs) you know i think i like grave hole the most yeah eventually uh the entire town became known to like the natives as the grave of the europeans because so many people died there um like by the 1730s i think like 40 percent of the population would die from malaria or at least get sick with malaria i can't remember i didn't write that down correctly and uh what cohen still loves this place that's his baby it's not that he loves it it's just like yeah well this is this is part of the business
1: you know did he even stay there or was he like
0: always on his ship going somewhere um i think it was kind of back and forth he spent a lot of time on his ship but like this was the headquarters
1: he was like, I'll go there, but I'm going to stay, sleep, and do everything on the ship so I'm not near this nasty shit."
0: I mean, if he was smart, yeah, that's what I would do. That's probably why he didn't die. It's possible. With Batavia secured, Cohen then hunted down the remains of the Dutch fleet, or sorry, of the English fleet, which were scattered into small groups and in- easily vanquished. Because um, like, they had all gone off to do their own things, which left them vulnerable to a big-ass fleet coming after him
1: i love that the english were just like we don't we do not want to fight we don't care and this this little man is just like i'm coming after you guys i'm hunting you
0: down and he they're just like who are you yeah in 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 the story of the dutch east indies the english kind of come off as like benevolent and like kind of good Make no mistake, like, eventually we'll do episodes on the English East India Company and they are just as fucked up.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're good or anything. I just don't think they care about the Dutch as much as uh, Cohen cares about them.
0: Well, they're also just like, I mean, like, they certainly had hatred for the Dutch, but they just didn't have the organization. Like, they're, the English East India Company was just not set up with the hierarchy needed.
2: They just wanted to do their trade and get out. Yeah. They didn't
0: have, yep. they
1: didn't have organized hatred. They just had hatred. <laughs> yes. We've, we've saw what happens when, when, uh, when your biases and bigotry gets organized in a country, things, crazy things start to happen. Yep.
0: And, uh, cer- certainly none of that's happening nowadays. Like,
1: no, that's not a thing anymore.
0: Never. Um, yeah, eventually, Cone even tracked down John Jourdain. If you guys remember uh, on the last episode, he was trying to get cloves, and he and uh, Jourdain had a verbal sparring match. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they were uh, anchored off Patani trying to reorganize a pretty uh, destitute English factory uh, when the Dutch fleet caught up to him. Uh, they fought on July seventeenth, sixteen nineteen, for two hours before the English raised the white flag of surrender. Jourdain went onto the deck to talk to the Dutch, according to the English account. Quote, the Flemings, espying him most treacherously and cruelly, shot at him with a musket and shot him into the body near the heart. Of which wound he died. The Dutch claim it was an accident.
1: The Dutch are dicks. They surrendered. You can You don't kill <laughs> surrender people. I bet he also the guy who got sick, who beat him in like the uh, in that big battle. I bet he also like hunted hunted his grave down and like pissed on it, just to show him <laughs> that he could.
0: I have outlived you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So things were looking pretty good for Cone. Then disaster struck. Uh oh. On July 17th, 1619, that same day that he had hunted, like his ships had hunted down Jourdain, Cohn received a letter from the Council of Seventeen. They commanded that he cease all attacks against the English as the two countries had formed a truce with a forgive and forget all past hostilities. (laughs)
1: Oh. That (laughs) there's that's not gonna work for him that's a, he's just he's not a forgive and forget type of person he's like i'm gonna dwell on this for my
0: entire life
2: he's yeah, got like he's i got some letters coming up from there. <laughs> i
0: imagine he's just reading this and like cartoonishly like from his frilled collar up it's just like raising red and then steam starts coming out of his ears Cause the uh, letter goes on. Both sides were to return all captured ships and prisoners, and quote, henceforth live and converse as trusted friends.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's some that's some verbiage. He's definitely getting mad. He's like yeah, making does... he's making notes out to the side too. He's like. I don't like that. I'm
2: coming back to this part. (laughs) I was was about to say, he's probably going to have a twit longer about this
0: later. (laughs) They were to work together to force out the Spanish and the Portuguese, and the monopoly would no longer be exclusive. The Dutch would now get one third, sorry, the English would now get one third of the nutmeg and mace uh, and cloves, while the Dutch controlled two thirds. That's a fair deal. Not you know. to him, is it? He worked for, so for hard for the
1: Dutch.
2: To... It's fair,
0: is it? He
2: gets, they get two thirds. That's better than a third or a half. They're getting more out of it than the English are. He doesn't have to be pissy about it at this point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, well,
0: may I, I think he disagrees with you because he wrote a letter. <laughs> Quote. The English owe you a great debt of gratitude, because after they have worked themselves out of the Indies, your lordship put them right back again. It is incomprehensible that the English should be allowed one-third of the cloves, nutmeg, and mace, since they cannot lay a claim to a single grain of sand in the Moluccas, Amboina, or Banda. Signed, you fucking assholes. Did he actually (laughs) sign that? No, no. <laughs> like, dude, he, Yeah, he just like, he literally. <laughs> but got, you can feel it. He got he
1: literally just kicked the last person out of it, and, like killed the last one, and then he then he gets handed this letter and we're like, hey, you gotta let him come back, dude. Yeah, he's got. Dude, I I, w- I mean, honestly, after like he did, he's not doing like good. He's a dick. He's an awful person. But like after doing that much work, I would be kind of pissed too. I'd be like, this is my life's work, and you're you you guys are screwing it up.
0: Yeah, he's essentially pure evil, but, like, he did do the work. Yeah. I don't and now know. he's got to share. Dude,
1: it, you know, it's like you did all the work to buy your own Xbox, and then you're, and you, like, bought it yourself, but you still live under your mom and dad's roof. And they're mm-hmm. like, you still got to share with your brother. And you're like, bro, I bought this with my own money. I'm not sharing with that little shit.
0: Yeah. Um,. Cone would be the guy on the group project who did all the work and then got mad that everyone else got the same grade as him. Yeah. Dude, I loved that in call co- like
1: dude, those people in college, uh, the people who would like do all the work, but they would like you would try to like do stuff and they wouldn't let you because they're also control freaks. But then they mm-hmm. would write in like their because you in college you write the surveys or whatever mm-hmm. about uh, how much work like your teammates and shit did. And they would just rip into everybody. And everybody else is just like happy to be there. And we're all like, everybody gets fobs. Everybody did great. And just, and the one, the one person's just like, they all fucking suck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not like the English didn't do anything. They tried. It's just he uh, was a dickhead and kept them out of it.
0: Oh, yeah, do you also want participation trophies? (laughs) God, are you that type of guy?
1: (laughs) I'm not a participation trophy guy or participation medals or participation rings. You work hard for what you get. It's all about that
2: 10-year plaque.
1: (laughs) Exactly, you worked hard for what you get.
2: (laughs) Whatever.
1: uh, You do. Well, no, I'm not going to say that because if somebody listens to the... Cast, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything.
2: Uh huh.
1: Well, that this the, that
0: little section what I just said will be taken out of here. Okay. So, you know, he clearly fumed like, like full-on cartoonish rage, but then he calmed down, and he schemed. He had no intention of abiding by the treaty any more than he had to. And so we organized quote, a, quote, fleet of defense that would be a combined operation to hunt the Portuguese and the Spanish. The Dutch would supply two-thirds of the troops, two-thirds of the ships, and two-thirds of the capital, while the English would supply the final third. Then they would go hunting for the other nations. But the English didn't have the capital or the manpower to fulfill their half of the bargain. Third. Sorry, their Third of the bargain. Uh... And they were soon lagging on their end of the deal. Once the English were stretched too thin, because, like, Cone was still in control, so he got to tell the English where to go and what to do, so he would just, like, send them off on essentially wild goose chases just to, like, spread them out. And once they were stretched too thin, Cone proposed his plan to invade the Banda Islands and fully take control. The English could not meet his demands, so he announced that the Dutch would carry on without them. He's like, what happened? I thought we like I thought we were, you know, partners in this. Where's your third? And they're like, we don't have that. He was like, Well, I guess you pussies will just have to stay on the sideline. I'll do it myself.
1: Dude. He's he he was definitely he's definitely
0: scheming. That conniving bastard. hmm So in February 1621. Cone arrived at Fort Nassau on Lawthorne with 13 ships, dozens of smaller crafts, 2,000 troops, and a band of Japanese ronin. Does this uh, sound familiar at all? (laughs) Damn Japanese ronin. This made it the largest military force to ever assemble on the Great Banda Island up to that point. Cone had a suspicion that there was also many English that had hid in the mountains of the Great Banda Island and were secretly, secretly training the Bandanese on how to use guns and cannons to defend themselves from the Dutch invasion, a, sus- a suspicion that turned out to be true to an extent. An English merchant, on behalf of the islanders, delivered a letter to Cone urging him not to attack and negotiate. Cone reportedly swore at the man and pushed him out of his office, telling him, quote, Whomsoever he should find, he would take them for his utter enemies, and they would fare no better than the inhabitants.
1: Basically, he's just saying, "I'm gonna kill everybody. Fuck 'em."
0: I like anyone I find on this island is a dead man. Yes,
1: he's got. He's going to. He's going to behead some people since that he saw that when he was a and He's just gonna take off all their heads. No, it's probably gonna be. It's probably gonna be fine. No, he's about to slaughter this entire island and have them all stay
0: he's gonna stake everybody's heads around the island we'll see cone launched his attack he had a ship circle the island to discover the placement of the english cannons basically by having them fire on him which resulted in the like two men dying and 10 more being injured but he now knew where their gun placements were so a few days later with that knowledge the assault began lanthor had tough mountains and difficult terrain making fighting difficult and like skirmishes uh, more than like a full-on battle right um uh, so the dutch burned uh the band in, the banda's mosques and homes they used the, their houses for their troops they desecrated religious uh, sites and they slaughtered many
2: mm, that sounds kind the, of familiar right now
0: yeah The fighting lasted for two days before Cone was able to bribe some turncoats to undermine the island's defenses, giving the Dutch the opportunity to secure much of the island. It's their birthright. Yeah. With Cone in control of most of the island, a group of uh, Orangkaya crept down the mountain and requested a meeting with Cone. He awaited their surrender aboard his ship. They gave him gifts of gold and copper as a sign of their sincerity. Cone told him the terms. Surrender all weapons help the Dutch destroy all remaining defensive positions, cede sovereignty of the island to the Dutch East India Company, donate a tenth of all nutmeg produced, sell the other 90% to the Dutch at a fixed low cost, and to give him all their sons.
1: All of their sons? Jesus. There's only Mm.
0: one son.
2: There's one above us. Nice.
0: Nice. Uh, In exchange, Cohn promised they would not be enslaved for labor or military service, and the Dutch would protect the islanders from their enemies. You know, except for the Dutch. The Aranqaia knew that Cohn's claims of hospitality were dubious at best. I mean, like, they just watched him slaughtering their people and burning their mosques and all that shit. But they didn't see any alternative, so they had to agree to his outrageous demands. A messenger was sent back up the mountain to tell the rest of the Orang-kaya and the islanders what was up. And the rest of the Orang-kaya that, like, had come down to meet him were held hostage on a Dutch ship. Then Cohn waited. The Orang-kaya did not surrender their weapons or their sons, which Cohn expected. He wrote that, quote, They are an indolent people of which little good can be expected. Over the next few weeks, armed Bandanese began ambushing VOC patrols. Again, Cohn expected that. Cohn had the Orang hostages tortured using a rack and burning irons. Soon they either died from the torture or, quote unquote, confessed to a secret pot- plot to attack the VOC. This was the outcom- outcome he had more or less been hoping for, because since the Orang had agreed to his terms, Cone's response was not an act of war. Instead, the Bandanese were at fault for committing an act of treason, and the penalty of which, in the VOC, is death. So that the, just uh, gave pretty him up
1: justification to slaughter them all.
0: Yeah. You can see some parallels of that today.
1: Messed, messed up minds.
0: Cone put the remaining Orang Kaya through a brief show trial where they were sentenced to death. Some of the Dutch refused to carry out those orders, so Cohn had them executed as well. And because the Dutch were refusing to do it, he called in the Japanese mercenaries. Uh,
1: Japanese mercenaries have no problem
0: cutting off the heads. Never built them. So the VOC Lieutenant uh, Nicholas Van Wert uh, wrote, Quote, six Japanese soldiers were all ordered inside, and with their sharp swords they beheaded and quartered the eight chief orangkaya, and then beheaded and quartered the thirty six others. This execution was awful to see. The orangkaya died silently, without uttering any sound, except that one of them, speaking in the Dutch language, said, quote, Sirs, have you no mercy? But indeed nothing availed. All that happened was so dreadful as to leave us stunned. The heads and quarters of those who had been executed were impaled upon bamboos and so displayed. Thus it thus it happened. All of us professing Christians were filled with dismay at the way this affair was brought to a conclusion, and we took no pleasure in such dealings. So, there you go, Kevin, you nailed it. Uh, yeah.
1: Just like their heads were nailed on a stake. Dude, yep. that's, that's honestly insane. Like, that's just like he just wanted justification to murder people and to destroy them because of what he saw when he was younger. Like, and then he, then at least the people who were following him were having trouble with it. Like, but then he was like, fuck those guys too. Let's behead them. It's like, bro, you are pure evil at this point. You, you have, you're gone.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for this guy to die. Another VOC officer wrote that, quote, things are carried on in such a criminal and murderous way that the blood of the poor people cries to heaven for revenge. But Cohn wasn't finished. Of course. Some scholars believe, and apparently Kevin does too, that his, that this was his plan since witnessing Admiral Verhoff's beheading in 1609. Revenge, 12 years in the making.
1: There's no way it wasn't. If to do, to literally behead them and like do exactly what he saw like maybe maybe it wasn't like his first thought of being like let me do this long plan but then he got closer and closer and he was like okay now i can do this plan he was definitely like he was definitely doing something to kill people like there's no justification to murder people like that never is Like, especially if they, I don't know, that's just, uh, that's that's just terrible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like King said earlier, there's some parallels to that right now going on.
0: Yeah. He then proceeded to ethnically cleanse the band either killing them outright or enslaving them to be shipped off to Batavia or other colonies. Thousands of men, women, and children died of disease and starvation during the voyage. Of the roughly 15,000 Bandanese, less than 1,000 remained on the Banda Islands. He just genocided them. Yeah. But, uh, Khan still wasn't done. He then went after the English under the justification of their failure to meet their end of the bargain. He destroyed or captured their factories and ships. Many were killed and those that surrendered were shackled and thrown in the holds of ships as prisoners.
1: He just, he started to get power and like, he started to kill people and he saw that there was not really any like repercussions for him to do this. And he was just like, let me just slaughter everyone I possibly can at this point. Well,
0: funny you talk about a, Uh, consequences. When the Harin 17 heard about what Conan had done, they were shocked.
1: I bet. They were
0: like, what the fuck? And they were like... They mildly rebuked him, but also gave him a 3,000 uh, Gilder bonus.
1: They were like, uh, we don't agree with that, but uh, good job. Here's some money. Don't come
0: kill us. Well... It's kind of like that scene in Dumb and Dumber where he's like, just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, you do this and totally redeem yourself. God, Because, like, yeah, he, he may have caused them problems back home with, like, the English and everything. But he had, like, literally created a monopoly on Nutmeg. They now control everything except the island of Run. Yeah, so... The, or rune? Basically, they were...
1: Uh, just small little headaches he created, but that's totally okay because they're getting compensated with millions and millions worth of
0: uh, dollars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was another quote I forgot to add that that was from one of the Haren that was like, uh, there. there's no profit in, like, uh, dead people, dead islands, and, uh, like... You know barren wasteland But He's kind of wrong because they made a Shit ton of money because of this
1: Yeah cause they weren't selling that To those people they were selling it to, to Everybody else
0: Yeah uh, Cone then proceeded to burn All uh, most of the nutmeg
2: <laughs> Why? You really just Sherman the destroyer this
0: place <laughs> Kind of But see the thing is they have all the nutmeg. So if there's less nutmeg, there's but the demand is still the same.
1: They can charge more. more. Yeah. Yep. Just like... Bro, we have some
2: are... of our uh, crops burned up, so we're going to have to charge a little bit more.
0: What a yeah, and, dirty bastard. And and because they had enslaved or slaughtered most of the Bandanese and, like, taking them off the island. They then had to go and get slaves from other places and bring them to work the nutmeg crops. That's... Some extra free labor.
1: So did this guy die, or did he just live happily
0: ever after and then die? Well, the store's not over. So, Van Cone, having, you know, succeeded in all of his goals, returned to the Netherlands in 1623. Before he left, he took the uh, Ambon Island governor, Herman Van Spelt, uh, aside to warn him to beware the English, fearing they would be looking for revenge. The Dutch in Ambon had 250 men and a powerful castle, while the English had a dilapidated factory manned by about a dozen dudes. Sure enough, it didn't take long for Van Spelt's network of spies to find suspicious activity. A Japanese mercenary for the English East India Company had been found loitering around the Dutch fortress. Van Spelt had him arrested and tortured until he confessed to be working with the English to seize the castle. The Japanese mercenaries and twelve English dudes are gonna assault and seize a castle from 250 Dutch guys. Yeah, they were yeah, just I'm sure like, he Dutch wasn't a plant.
1: They were just looking like he, he was just trying. He was just telling them what they wanted to hear so he would stop getting tortured.
0: Yeah so van spelt then had the english invited to the fort for a meal i don't know like why uh you would want to ever be near these fucking dutch dudes because they're clearly insane but uh, free food dude well the the um the leader of the english was a guy named towerson and he and van spelt had uh dined together quite a bit so like they were considered friends so they were like all right yeah sweet free meal Uh, When they got there, they were immediately seized and taken off to be tortured as well. They were burned, stabbed, stretched on a rack, and partially drowned. Some had their limbs blown off with gunpowder. That's fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All of them eventually confessed to, like, yes, we were totally going to storm this fortress and take it over. Yeah, all 12 of us. You caught us. Uh in the end, ten English, nine Japanese, and one unfortunate Portuguese man were tortured and finally beheaded in what became known as the Amboyna massacre. The English would like never regain this part of uh Southeast Asia or like be a pres- like a real presence there for over a hundred years
1: or the Dutch just no mercy. They well, they heard what they wanted to hear, and they killed who they wanted to kill.
0: Yeah, this actually did upset the Hurin Seventeen because they didn't want the Dutch to get a reputation for being fucking insane, you know. But they were. Well, you know.
1: Well, Cohen just went there and made the guy paranoid, and then the guy was like, "Well, there's the English people around. They got him. They got to be out to get me." But these twelve English guys were just
0: like happy to be there yeah a lot of a a lot of people were like dude like cone's been doing this for over a decade and they're like yeah but you know he's our one guy like we're we're allowed to have one mad dog but but two two seems more like a problem (laughs) yeah so cone landed in the netherlands and was hailed a hero he was given a cushy job he settled down he married a woman but the next year he was convinced to take up the job of governor general again you know there's just no one like you bud Man, we need
1: you to kill everyone again.
0: We need that anger of yours. However, his uh departure was delayed because obviously the English were pretty pissed and for the, like to get from the Netherlands to like just like out of Europe, you basically have to go by England. So, he had to wait until like he could finally sneak onto a ship and head down there. So, um he, uh, he secretly caught a ship to Batavia in 1627 with his wife and, uh, his brother-in-law and his brother-in-law's wife. And I believe his wife was pregnant at that time. But he finally, like, they finally make it down to Batavia in 1627. A few months after his arrival, Sultan Agung attacked Batavia trying to challenge the Dutch monopoly. The fighting was fierce. Like, this, this uh, first army had, like, 10,000 guys, uh, Attacking, I, I guess it would be f- uh, Fort Hollandia um, in Batavia. And the Dutch like are basically like, you know, everyone's on, on the uh, ramparts, like firing a- into these, like, like, this massive horde of, um, I guess they were Sudanese, I think. But they were like carrying ladders and like were trying to like climb the ramparts and everything. The Dutch ran low on ammo and gunpowder, but they were, like, at one point they started flinging actual shit at the uh, attackers. Hell yeah. But eventually they repelled the attack. Huh? I'm saying hell yeah. Yeah. It was a difficult victory, but it bore a heavy cost. The battle brought widespread outbreaks of cholera and dysentery through Batavia. Probably because of the literal, like, shit flinging, but also, like, because of how many dead... Uh, attackers like You know like corpses just cause disease When yeah. you just let them rot outside your walls Yeah, And with that many dead bodies Like it's kind of impossible To get rid of them all Not to forget all the mosquitoes and everything And like the Non-working canal sewers uh, When Sultan Agung Attacked again in in 1629 Cohn used his superior navy to disrupt The Sultan's supply lines Um uh, Because, like, they had these big barges full of grain, and, like, Cohn would attack those, so without grain, the soldiers couldn't eat, and therefore, by the time they even made it to the fort, they were, like, weakened from hunger and easily repelled once more. But Cohn wasn't able to celebrate long. He caught one of the tropical diseases and died September 20th, 1629, at the age of 42. Most likely dysentery, meaning he shit himself until his, like, brain dehydrated, but... We can only hope.
1: So, but he never got defeated. He just was—he just didn't stay on his boat this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, like he got defeated by his own asshole. Yeah, so there's that. Damn. Yeah, there's a few other stories about Cone about him being a like irredeemable piece of shit, but that's the main thrust of the story.
1: Well, I think you kind of... I think you definitely see how irredeemable he is. He is a piece of crap that just... It just sounds like he wanted death. Like, he just wanted to kill people so bad. And he... Well, Well, he wanted power, and he wanted to, like, rule this and make it a monopoly, and he was just, like, killing's the best way.
0: Well, there's also another story about how, um... Like, in... 1629 like just prior to uh Ag- sultan Agung's first assault uh, he was uh putting the care like he he had to take care of uh, another dutch guy's daughter named sarti uh i think i think it in english it'd be sarah but like it it looks like it's sarji and she's like 12 she's half japanese and half dutch um but uh but he's like supposed to watch out for her he catches her uh, in bed with a 15-year-old soldier, um, and so he has the soldier beheaded, and then he's planning on drowning her in a uh, barrel, like, for all to see, but uh, s- some other people talk about it, it's like, come on, dude, she's 12, and he's like, all right, fine, whip her in public. So, like, Jesus. they whip her in public. And... Um, this is a child. Yeah. The guy who, like, Sarti's father, like, was on his way back from uh, the Netherlands when Cone died. So, he lucked out on that one, too.
1: What do you think? I mean, would that guy have even done anything to him?
0: I think he was going to take over as governor general uh, for Cone. But I read a lot of different sources, and some of them are... Like, counter to each other, but yeah, I think there's a possibility he could have. There's also just the possibility that he, as a father, would have, like, just lost his shit and, like, ripped out Cohen's eyes, you know? Did uh, Cohen have any children of his own when he finally got married? He, uh, I I believe his wife was pregnant while they were en route to Batavia. I don't know what happened to the child or his wife. Um, And no Cohen part two. We also don't know what happened to his body. There's been there's rumors that like uh, his body was buried in like the remains of the church because it had been destroyed during the battle, and then like there's also rumors that like it got stolen and like placed at the uh, uh like at the end of um, Sultan Agung's uh, tomb, but it's hard to say. I would have harvested every bone from his body,
2: distributed amongst a bunch of people that hated him. I know, I would have had a good old
0: time with that. Yeah. So as for the Dutch East India Company, the Dutch controlled the monopoly on nutmeg and mace for over a century. In 1667, the Dutch made a deal with the English. Uh, The Dutch got the island of Run, which was the last banned island that was not under their control. Do you know what the English got for it? One third at least. <laughs> the English got Manhattan. Oh. That's not
2: even Manhattan's on over uh in the States.
0: Yeah, these these were global uh companies. Jeez. So like they got all the trade out of Manhattan or? No, like they, they got control it? of the island. Oh, okay. Like the Dutch had bought it for like a really fucked up deal. I think it was like twenty five bucks from the Native Americans because like, <laughs> they were like what land are... treaties don't mean shit to yeah, them, they... so it's just like, yeah, sh- sure, whatever. But yeah, uh, so they ended up getting um, Manhattan. In the 1770s, a French botanist named Pierre Poivère, uh, yeah, probably fucked that up, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter, matter he's uh, French. He, Yeah. <laughs> he was able to smuggle both nutmeg and clove seedlings and saplings uh, off the islands and cultivated them on the islands of uh, Meritus, Réunion, and the Seychelles. Okay. The Dutch East India Company floundered in corruption and debt for most of its uh, reign, finally having its uh, charter expire in 1799. For the last decade of the 1700s, you'd see a lot of uh, writings that claimed it had uh, perished under the uh, weight of corruption, because, like... Despite how much money they were making, they just spent so much money on uh, people and ships and supply lines and all that stuff. That they were, like, the the shareholders were making profits, but they were also, like, the company itself was actually, like, swimming in debt. Who knows how much they were paying Cohen. Yeah.
1: Nothing. He was doing it just to kill people. He's like, their blood on my
0: hands is enough. (laughs) No, he was getting that money too Yeah Most of the VOC's holdings were transferred to the new Batavian Republic With the death of the company During the Napoleonic Wars at the beginning of the 1800s The British captured the banned islands Long enough to collect enough nutmeg and mace and cloves That they were able to plant them on uh, on their other holdings Particularly Grenada and Zanzibar Zanzibar land Yeah So you got the Seychelles and Zanzibar land being big nutmeg producers.
2: Need a big boss over there. One of those.
0: The man who sold the world. So, uh, that's what I got for the Dutch East India Company.
2: That's a um,
0: lot of blood,
2: spice, and... Every time I say spice, I feel like I'm about to say spice. Like, uh... Spice. Yeah, from a... (laughs) mr curry himself
0: yeah just it it always makes me think of uh frank herbert's dune like you know the spice must flow but yeah this was all done for shit that we just put on our fucking pumpkin spice in our nutmeg granted back then it was used as a preservative and also in some like medicinal uh components but like this was for nutmeg (laughs) like i mean god With yep, money, man, money and
1: control. It's all about the money and control. It is. They shed a lot of blood to be corrupt bastards, but that's what you—that's what you got to do for to have true power. That's quotation marks
0: if you consider that real power. Still hasn't changed. Yeah, people always talk about like, oh, look at all the people who died under communism. It's like, bro, capitalism's been around for quite a bit longer and look how much blood it's spilled.
1: People die no matter what. As long as well, there's they probably greed. Use a
0: different.
2: They probably use a different terminology for it back then. It, that wasn't true capitalism, you
0: know. Was, yeah, but this was. Like, this is essentially the birth of modern capitalism. That's, just... capitalism. <laughs> yeah. what, said, that's probably, it's probably the purest form of capitalism.
1: What, Kevin? I said that's probably the purest form of capitalism because now it's all mixed with the other... Other shit.
2: Well, Alberta's we're just late stage now. <laughs> and, boys, are it getting late.
1: Uh, it'll evolve into something else in the next few years, and we'll see it. We'll see a turn in something, and then we'll be complaining about something else.
0: Well, it's most likely going to turn into fascism, mm-hmm. so. I can't it's wait all... for AI
2: to take over the Seychelles or something. Yeah, it'll be great. Everything comes so, back
1: to greed. AI is going to be greedy, too, because they'll be like, oh, we want AI women, and then they're going to be, you know, so, so, just, so they're going to, they're like, we got to kill all the humans so we have more AI, human, or AI been, women for ourselves.
2: We've been pretty close to that. Someone married Hatsune Miku at one point. Yep. She's not technically an AI, but it's pretty close. Yeah. It's only um, a matter of time until her becomes real. Ain't, ain't life grand?
0: Do we have any final thoughts on this?
1: No, just that it's truly insane how much uh, money and greed will allow a person to go and like, and then just pure anger as well, like hatred for another race or kind or anything. Like, and it'll how far it'll allow you to go as a human to like just do some nasty stuff.
2: I mean, that's been humanity since at least recorded history and probably before that. Yeah. Nothing like... Well, anyways. Yeah, nothing uh, like the war
0: economy. Yeah. Yeah. War without trade, nor trade without war. Sorry, uh, these episodes are quite a downer, but we had to get to them eventually. Um, I still need to talk to you about what we're doing next week, but um, other than that, I think we can uh, say our goodbyes anyways guys
1: thanks for listening catch us for more on x at what underscore we underscore consume and on instagram and what we consume podcast mike what you got uh, for us
2: i don't feel like saying them today you've heard if you listen to the podcast you've already
0: heard them you can catch me there but uh i'm michael and i am at king hagathor on both twitter and blue sky other than that bye bye